Welcome to Five to Thrive, five strategies to equip and empower educators, parents, and students to thrive. And here are your hosts, Dr. Rhoda and Professor Marty. Welcome back. Uh, Today's episode is going to address an issue that if you have a teenager, I guarantee uh, the scenario has happened where uh, they give you uh, a nasty look or a snide comment uh, or they roll their eyes. And if you're like me, perhaps your blood pressure goes up a little bit. Well, today we're going to learn some really good lessons on how to approach this in a really productive manner. Yeah, and we're going to continue our summer series of short five-minute podcasts with one takeaway for the week. So again, most of these are taken from the work of Foster Klein and Jim Fay's work in Parenting with Love and Logic, and I, I highly encourage you to utilize their book. It's excellent. So this week, we're going to be talking about those nasty looks, those rolling of the eyes, the sighing, the snide remarks, those, those little things that our beloved young ones do that make them a little bit more difficult to love in the moment. And oftentimes, these episodes seem to escalate and build tension in the family. So... This is an important time to help them learn a lesson about adulting. And sometimes it's a good reminder for us too. So the big concept here is that we need to help them understand the value of using their words in communicating effectively. Let me explain. So I'm certain you can picture it. Can you picture a time when your child rolled their eyes, stomped their feet, slammed a door, said something like, get real or whatever, and you felt your internal temperature raise, as Professor Marty was just referring to. Okay, now that I have all of our amygdalas are fired up because we can imagine that. Let's take a deep breath, calm down, and let's analyze what's really going on. Most parents believe that their children are displaying disrespect and a bad attitude, and that absolutely may be true. But how do we know? What if the icy glare really means that she's disappointed or angry with herself? Or she's saying something feels unfair, or she's disappointed or something has let her down? What can we do to find out, right? We need to, we need to have a conversation, but not while we're both angry or upset. And why do we ask why we don't do that when we're angry and upset? Because we've been talking about the amygdala here, right? When we're upset, we do not use the thinking part of our brain, which is the prefrontal cortex. So once we have both calmed down and we come back, you know, we're in a a good state, emotional state, nobody's upset, nobody's angry, then we can have a real heart-to-heart about it. And that heart-to-heart may sound something like this. As a parent, you say, hey, Sarah, is this a good time to talk? Get her permission. You know, she might just not be in a mood to have a conversation right now. So is this a good time to talk? Yeah, I guess so. So I've noticed that sometimes when I say something to you, you give me a certain look. And I'm having a hard time understanding what you mean. You know, some kids do that because they don't feel safe or they're disappointed. Some because they're mad or unhappy. Some just want their mom to just be quiet and not talk to them. Just leave them alone. So do you have thoughts on this? If she's like most teenagers, she's going to say, no. Right, right. I can verify that, yes. (laughs) Okay, well, why don't you give it some thought? Think about it. One thing I'm thinking is that I must be doing something that makes you feel bad or criticized. So if you feel up to telling me what you're feeling instead of sending me some sort of look or signal that I may not even really understand what it means, if you want to talk about that, I promise I'm going to listen. So you have that conversation and then just drop the issue and see what happens. See if it gets better. Oftentimes it does just when they realize that. Now, if negative body language is so prevalent that you can pretty much predict it in advance, you know, you just know when you're going to ask them to do something, they're going to roll their eyes, stump their foot, whatever they do, then maybe try beating them to the punch. So something like, hey, Sarah, I have something I want to share with you. And you may want to melt me with that laser look of yours right now. So just, just brace yourself. If you beat them to the punch and you can integrate humor, it makes it more difficult for them to be authentically upset. 
So just in, in a final thought, you know, body language may not mean anything. It may not mean what we're making it mean. Instead of wondering, guessing, assuming the worst, let's have a conversation with our kids. We can help them understand that respectful dialogue will usually further their cause more so than a temper tantrum or rude, rude behavior. And I think really the key in this, like Dr. Rhoda said, was have the conversation. It is not a, a one and done situation. Yeah. This really plays out over time. And that's really important because it's going to it's going to be difficult for both parties to work through this. And yet that's exactly what you have to do. You have to work through it together. Yep, It's conflict resolution, right? And we're teaching them an important skill when we do that with them. Our goal on Five to Thrive is to equip and support educators and parents as they help each child develop to his or her full God-given potential. So from today's episode, really focus in on the conversation and the value of that conversation. Thanks for taking the time to learn with us. Let us know how you're doing. If you have questions, challenges, or successes you want to share, please let us know through the comment section of our website. May your week be blessed.